Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. We are back after yep. a long holiday weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed it. How'd you swing them? Uh, pretty good. It was yeah. all right. Yeah, I have a standing bet with my daughter that if she beats me, I give her 50 bucks. Yeah. And it was getting close. Now, I give her a couple mulligans. Uh, but I had a rough start, and I was kind of like, uh-oh. And it yeah. was a little bit hairy. So I'm kind of one, like, I want her to win, but I'm right. not going to let her win. So I'm still holding it, out. It she pu- was getting mad, though, because she knew she's getting close. If push came to shove, would you, like... Yip her on like the backswing of one of her putts. Like if it would you oh, be? Yeah, yeah you yeah. would. Oh, you know? I'm already messing with her. I'm trying to get in her head. You right, got, you got to put the pressure on. Yeah. Like. So uh, yeah, she's getting closer. One of these days, she's gonna beat me. Uh, but we have a huge show to get to. We're gonna get to burner accounts. That's oh. a hot topic in the NBA. We're gonna do a little topics. We're gonna do a little move the needle discussion. Uh, there's even some NHL talking Real. there with the Stanley Cup final going on right now, which is actually uh, pretty fascinating stories behind that one. But first. Let's get to the NBA Finals because yep. it is set, and I've been telling you for a while, it's going to be Warriors over Cavs. Never a doubt. There was never any doubt for me. Never. Not well, even. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of doubt. It's, they were going both games. We went to game seven. Uh, they were, you know. Yeah. But the end, I always feel like the talent's going to win out. I feel like LeBron is the surest bet in all of sports, him and Tom Brady. So you're going to bet on him because he's going to put that team on his back. He right. did it yet again, getting the win over the Celtics. And then you have the super team who, you know, I hated seeing the Rockets Without Chris Paul, I hated that, you know, they didn't weren't at full strength because I would have liked to have seen that. But ultimately, I don't know if it would have made a difference. And here we are for the fourth time in a row, Warriors versus Cavs. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Um, And LeBron with eight straight finals appearances like that's in and of itself. That's incredible. Uh, Look, Golden State had its own injury, and I think it was underplayed a little bit like that. Andre Iguodala piece uh, going forward, I think, especially when you play a team. Like the Cavs, it's it you'll you'll see it if he's not available for them against the Cavs. I mean, you could see them miss a beat against Houston, but it wasn't glaring that they needed that defensive presence. He's the one guy who can really get up and defend LeBron. He can give LeBron um, not a hard time in terms of locking him down, but make him work on that next level of of work output that kind of really just drains the life out of him, if you will. You know, like and and so Iguodala will be a glaring hole if he's not available for the next series, but. In, in terms of the, the matchup, you had called it um, at the at the deadline, the trade deadline, when they made the trades. This is the team that that most of us thought was going to be able to get to the finals, albeit they look shaky at times. And I still don't think they have it figured out. When I watch them play, I mean, it's it's even you know it's it, for the, for the for the general like fan watching the games. I don't I don't think they understand what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Like, they're watching a guy, you know, not always just purely offensively carry a team, but emotionally, uh, strategically. Like, he is out there doing everything defensively when he needs to. He's not young, so it's not like he's defending every single possession. He takes a lot of them off. But when they need him, like, he's there with with the stop. He is carrying a squad um, to the finals. And they had timely contributions from the Jeff Greens of the world, uh, from the George Hills of the world. Um, Kyle Korver has held them down at times. J.R. Smith little bit in game seven, but nothing near consistent. And if they have any chance against Golden State, any, he's got to get a consistent contribution from someone. He's got to be able to count on something because Golden State is prolific offensively. I, I'll make the case that they haven't even hit their stride offensively in this in this season's playoffs. 
But if anybody's going to bring it out of them, it's going to be Cleveland. There's bad blood there. So some stats on LeBron that are pretty uh, eye-popping to say the least. So versus the Warriors over the past three seasons in the NBA Finals, he's had six 40-point games and five triple-doubles. Uh, he's been absolutely spectacular. So some of his uh, uh, streaks that are there. So he's had the most playoff games with at least 40 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists with 13 of those games. The closest guys behind are Michael Jordan and Shaq with four. Like, that's Incredible. a remarkable stat. The other one that I think is nuts is the fact that the last time LeBron missed the finals, because this is his eighth consecutive finals, only uh, 78% of uh, 78% of the players weren't even in the league right now. Like, those, those numbers are just insane. With all the stuff you're talking about, with the importance that he brings to the tables, what do you do defensively versus LeBron? Or do you... Just say, hey, you tip your cap. You know he's going to get his 35, You know, maybe even his triple-double, and you try to defend everybody else, or do you try to do something special for him? No, I would – and that's 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 the position that most coaches are put in. Like, yeah. do you put out that fire because he's the best player on the planet and not let the best player beat you, or do you say let him get his? I would let him get his to some degree. Um, I, I I take it back to the, the first time the two teams met in the finals when I happened to be – with Cleveland, um, LeBron had maybe the best finals numbers of all time. Like, I don't, I mean, they, they were just off the charts ridiculous. We were without Kyrie and Kevin Love. And so those numbers and not getting support from, um, at the time, it would have been Matthew Della Vadova, Tristan Thompson, um, you know, those players, they weren't enough to beat Golden State because they are so good offensively. Uh, and Golden State was one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. So, I, I would let LeBron get his, and I, I hate to say let him get his. I would make LeBron work for his. Right. But I would not come off of anyone else and, and try to stop LeBron. But I do believe that you can't give players of that, of that, um, ilk the consistent look. So I wouldn't double him, let's say on pick and roll at the top of the key and let him have the full breadth of the court to spread the ball around. I probably wouldn't double him on side pick and rolls, but I would selectively double him if he was in the post, if he had a mismatch. But I wouldn't give him a consistent enough look for him to get a beat on it. I would I would play him and try to keep him as off balance as possible, but generally speaking, probably err on the side of allowing him to get off a little bit, but not letting the sniper shoot the ball. So the Warriors are the biggest favorites in the NBA Finals that we've ever seen. They're minus a thousand for yeah. the series. The Cavs are so plus six fifty. You have to bet a thousand to make a hundred. Yeah, I think it's yeah. hundred to make ten bucks. Yeah, watch well, same, same, yeah. same, right, uh, right. Same deal. Um, they were the last. So the Cavs are plus six fifty. They were just plus three fifty in 07 against the Spurs. The last time LeBron carried this team to the finals. The Warriors in Game One are a twelve point favorite. We're going to pick that in a minute. But do you think the Warriors – because I've, I've been saying, hey, it's a wrap, it's a wrap, it's a wrap, because I think it is that obvious. But yeah. from an odds standpoint, like is it this surprising? Because I actually – at this odds, at Cavs plus 650, I'm like, you know what? Why not throw 100 bucks on LeBron and see if he can get it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's – it's LeBron. Right. You know, like it's LeBron. But I think that it's – I think it's – the odds are, are, are where they should Accurate. Be. Yeah. Right. They, that team, that Cavs team is coming out of an Eastern Conference that's not – very good. Um, and you know, you caught, you caught some breaks. Like you caught the Celtics without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Um, Toronto just, I mean, had like a, a meltdown. I, and I just didn't take anything away from LeBron because what he's done has been just amazing. But I, I, I think that Golden State is that much stronger than Cleveland and Cleveland hasn't played well. Like if Cleveland was clicking, 
and things looked fluid offensively, and we haven't had these MIA cases from from different players throughout the first you know three rounds of the playoffs. I, I might say that those odds are too you know they're too high, but I, I think at this point, um, knowing that it is just kind of dysfunctional offensively there and defensively they've been deplorable. I would say that the Golden State Warriors deserve to be the favorites. Yeah, I think so too. Anything, any part of you watch what the Warriors did and the struggles they had versus the Warriors because they they gave and this is one where you look at the Rockets and you're like, man, they had a prime opportunity. They had yeah. two games at the end where they blew. I think it was a 17 point lead in Game Six, a 13 point lead in Game Seven, and the Game Seven one was at home. But those third quarters, when you look at the Warriors, that's the the best of the best. Like that is what makes them so special. They could they could spot you twenty points, and even Clay Thompson talked about it. the game was like, you know what, we have ability to come back in two minutes. We make a run, and it's a wrap. Anything from this team that looked a little bit, I, don't, I want to say beatable, but they're still so tough. Is there anything in there that you saw versus the Rockets where you're like, you know what, maybe they're too cocky, maybe they're yeah. arrogant. I just don't see it. Um, no. The thing that I saw against the Rockets, I think, was specific to the Rockets. It was the style of play. It was the iso ball. Um, because the Rockets did it so much, and I alluded to the fact that like you, it could lull you into wanting to do it yourself. But when they didn't do that, like the third quarter of Game 7, when they came out, they were pushing tempo. They were getting off the ball, spotting up, relocating, knocked down, all within the first seven seconds of the shot clock, but with no iso. It's impossible to guard that. There's nothing you can do. You can't account for all of that movement and spontaneity offensively. Um, and the Cavs aren't going to lull you into playing one-on-one with them. Like they're, It's not going to happen. And quite frankly, they don't have the firepower if they did um, to put up a high enough number. So, no, there's nothing really that's con- concerning me um, in terms of Golden State and, and Cleveland except for LeBron. Because I think LeBron, you know, if I'm being honest – um, you know, LeBron can account for a, a win by himself. Like, I think, you know, there's a win somewhere in there where nobody else could give him anything and LeBron would figure out how to win even against the Golden State team. All right. So this point of the season in what will be a Warriors heavily favored finals, when you talk about legacies and what's at stake, I think it's very clear what's at stake for LeBron. And yeah. you're already seeing a lot more chatter about the LeBron versus MJ. Uh, I think this is one of his most impressive accomplishments in his career, no matter what happens in the NBA Finals, because he was able to get this team to this point. Yeah. Um, so I think it's pretty clear what's at stake for LeBron. Like, if he was able to somehow beat this team, then, like, I think you would see a major shift in that, even though he didn't get the six titles. But if he got to four, it'd be all of a sudden there would be a rush of people that would say, all right, he's as good as Michael Jordan. Yeah. But I think from the other side, I think for the Warriors, I don't – I think people are going to look at this team. They're not going to like what Kevin Durant did by joining him. They're going to say this is one of the greatest teams of all time, but it's almost unfair because they have so much more talent than everybody else. Yeah, I, so I would agree with you on the LeBron situation where he could make a legacy if he were to figure out how to beat Golden State. Right. I mean, people would, you know, the, would his you supporters. Would look at him differently? Because I think, I think we're on the same page. Like, I think Michael Jordan is the best player to ever play. I think LeBron is the best of this generation. And I almost feel like I'm not willing to give up my hold on Michael Jordan like yeah. a lot of people are. But uh, if he did that, then I'd probably look at him like, mm. I would not. I, he's not taking over Michael Jordan. <laughs> There's nothing it's he not, can do. No, it's not happening. Not not with not with the resume that, that's already there. Right. And I don't mean to, like, you know, he's played a long time, and there's some fantastic numbers there. You know, I'd make the argument, like, 
you know, if Mike had if Mike had done it as long as as he did and right. taken a break, those numbers would have been. And that's not to take anything give away my, from give LeBron. Give MJ basically four or five more years to his career, and he would have had correct way more than Le, uh, LeBron. Correct. But if he Accolades. were if he were to beat Golden State, if LeBron were to beat Golden State, um, I would be open to actually having that debate. Like right now, I'm not really having the debate with myself. Right. right? I like my, Mike's here. LeBron's there clearly. Um, but I'm not really debating whether he's better than Mike or not. Right. Ain't nobody better than Mike in my book. But um, in terms of Golden State, Golden State, if they should lose to the Cavs, devastating to their devastating legacy. to their legacy. Yeah. Like you, you'll never be mentioned in the same breath with with the Bulls and with some of those you know like the Boston Spurs dynasty, dynasty Spurs. Yeah. Like you're not gonna be there if you beat. If you beat LeBron this, if you beat him this time, it doesn't, like, the jury's still out. Like, you still have a shot. Like, if you could do this again next year, you know, you're able you to figure out financially. Up. Now, now we're in the conversation, but you could get derailed here if you don't put LeBron and company to sleep. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Who do you got? Oh, I'm taking Golden State in five. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think you're probably a spot on because I think there'll be a game. When they show up, they're kind of not into it, and then they just kind of shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they don't get that hot third quarter where they have been absolutely insane. The third quarter for them, I mean, it's the the, the statistics are out of control how much better they are because they usually um, they usually lose. It's minus three in the first quarter, point differential, right? Plus one thirty in the second quarter, plus five hundred and one in the third quarter they're outscoring teams which is just insane I, I like Steve Kerr I wonder how you try to trick your team into having that sort of start because he doesn't want to see that every yeah. game it's like oh well this you is know, what we do is it the Tom Brady Bill Belichick thing where they just don't come out and show anything like no where they I, I just come know. out and they're just chilling and then right. at halftime alright guys we're going to implement what we want to do today like I, I don't know I, I don't think that's it I think right. this team just has that kind of like it's not really a hangover. It's who they are, right? right? They come out and they get their flow. They feel their way through the game, and then they just believe. That's the power of, like, belief, though. Yeah. You know, belief is – I try to talk to my 10-year-old, 11-year-old now about belief. And if, like, if you believe in something, especially as it pertains to sport, like, if you believe it, you can yeah. do it. Right. If, but potentially you can do it. But if you don't believe, it's not getting done. Right. Like, you have to have belief. Like, they know they have this third-quarter magic – and so they expect it to start happening in the yeah, third quarter. And there is. And likewise, I think they kind of, they're like, yeah, we struggle in the first half. It's not that big a deal. So they don't get that worried about it. And then the third quarter happens and the magic happens. Yeah. And that's, and they believe it's going to happen. All right. So I have, I have the Warriors in five as well. I think there's a chance it could be a sweep. I would say there's more likely a chance it'll be a sweep than it goes six. What games do you imagine? If there's a game that they're going to lose there, I agree with you there. I don't game think it's going six. At home. Game two at home, let down game. Yeah. See, I think it's either game one. Or game three in Cleveland. I yeah, because Cleveland will be amped. And yeah. They'll, like, they'll come out with a lot of energy. And game one is going to be, you'll know off the bat. Like right. when we, that first year, again, back when I was with Cleveland, we went in there and we stole game one. Ky, but Kyrie was fantastic and we lost him late in the game. Like without Kyrie, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you do that, but, but I could see them going in there. For me, it's game one or game three. Burner accounts. Everybody's favorite. Kevin Durant started a trend, although I think it's been going a lot longer than that yep. as people are trying to catch their, uh, spouses and significant uh. others. That's been, uh, uh, one way you could use burner accounts, yeah. but Brian Colangelo, 76ers GM, decided to use it a different way. So the ringers, uh, Ben Dietrich did this piece and it's, it's pretty fascinating story. Like you just, this is such a 2018 story. Like you never would have seen this because Twitter didn't exist 10 years ago. But I think it speaks a lot to the psychology of Twitter and the way people use it and the way they're impacted by people's opinions. Uh, because Brian Colangelo was tired of getting ripped, you know, compared to Sam Hinkie. People love the process, especially now that it's worked. And I think Brian Colangelo is like, hold on a second. 
I'm the GM now. We're starting to win. So he wanted a little bit of love. So you know how you go out and get that message out? How you, you do it? You create a couple fake Twitter accounts. And Not you go how you out do there it. And you start bashing people. You start planting nope. stories. You start uh, leaking nope. medical reports. No support for that. No. Worst offense that's in this report that's a uh, criminal offense isn't it like they're, they're like so, hipaa yeah. laws yeah, and i think stuff there's, like that. there are some some things that are in there that are pretty serious so he had up to five burner accounts that he's been accused of BBC. having so he came out to admitting to having one of them right uh and when this ben dietrich approached the Sixers, so you have one right. but the other four are not you well the, well those ones he's not admitting to those but those Yet. ones were Simultaneous, like the the call comes in to question the Sixers about Colangelo's account. Yes, and almost immediately, like the same day, those other ones go go like blank. They go private. They're switched to private accounts. The ones that he was accusing him of. So basically, it's kind of all right. You look at the big picture. You look at all of this that's going down, yeah. and basically, Brian Colangelo has been busted. Now, some of the things he's been tw- that he's tweeted out there are pretty funny. Like when you think about them. Um he said, uh, he had a reply to Sam Hinkie. He said, hey, how's the teaching at Stanford going? Another <laughs> comment he had was, BC is a class act and not a bad guy. Oh. Talking about himself as BC. <laughs> uh, it's it's a lot. There was another one, alternative fact. Joel is not the future of the franchise, so who cares if he's not 100%? Let's exploit him. Uh, Joel Embiid came out and actually defended him, said he doesn't believe that it happened this is nuts, though, for a guy of his stature and a position that he's got in one of these up-and-coming franchises, which have, you know, they look like the future of the Eastern Conference. Them yeah. and the Celtics, it looks like Brian Colangelo could be in trouble. I, no, it's not looking like BC is in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a B, like, I like BC. I, I like, I like you guys the have family. History. I like Jerry. Yeah, they signed me, um, with Mike D'Antoni and David Griffin and them when I went to Phoenix. So I, I know all of them. I don't know them like that. I'm not on social media like that. So um, I can't speak to the accounts. But this is what I know, Danny, and I said it before. Um, when you played or when you're in that arena and general managers and like owners may be different, but general managers and, 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 you know, executives are employees of the team, right? And you're, you're to some degree in the fight with the players. Like when I was in the front office at Cleveland, I hung on wins and losses like I was a player. Like I'm invested in that. And so the fans talking about the product is, is never good for you to be involved in that conversation. Right. Like as a player, it was so counterproductive for me to be reading the papers or reading the blogs or seeing what such and such had to say about me going 0 for 7 last night. Like it was only hurting. And my want to get back at them, my need to fire back, like I had to suppress that even if I saw it by, for some reason, like say my mom called me and was like, Hey, did you hear about what that? Right. Like I had to suppress that urge. It was not helping. And executives have to do that too. And so social media, I just think, I get we live in the day and age of it, and if you're not on it, like I'm a dinosaur and I got it, but it's not, it can't it's not a good thing. It's not when you when you don't have the ability all the time to sit back and take the 10, 15 seconds it needs to calm down, and you're just firing out like it's not good. And he's in a mess right now. This is a mess. Like we talked about it before we came on air. His job could be in jeopardy. Yeah. Like he, he very most likely he's probably going to lose his job. Yeah, I mean that's incredible to me though. Be off of off of a need to. To defend defend yourself in the job that that is yours already, bro. Right. Like, don't let anybody judge and you for that. These, the accounts he was going after were like, really, you're gonna go, Be- you're gonna stoop to that level to to. And here's here's the thing, because I am totally with you. When I was when I was on the Giants and I was starting, 
I would insulate myself as much as I could from negative headlines, from negative articles, because you know they're out there, no right. matter what. No matter if you're playing, and I would try to do the same thing if I was playing good. You know, like sure. I didn't want to get too to start reading too much into my own success. There wasn't a whole lot of it, but when it was there, I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be there. And you could literally, you could do that. You could turn off the TV. You could turn. Now it's almost impossible. Oh, no, dude, you to turn shut it off. You turn Twitter off. Yeah, but you turn off Twitter. You turn off Instagram. Like you don't do it. <laughs> you go zero dark thirty, yeah, like but, LeBron. But look, I, I have. It's a lot because I think it was easier to have quote thicker skin ten years ago than it is now because there's and I think a lot of guys have burner accounts so they can go kind of just peruse Twitter, see, right? Meet new people, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> loose term there, but I think there's so many ways you can hear the noise. Yeah, and the noise ninety percent of the time is negative. Like that, and that's the voices. And I think that's human nature. I think you hear, and the negativity affects you way more than the positive vibes. Well, the negative, just, a, yeah, that, just it's, the nature of you, human. You can't get enough positive. Like the positive is, you, the negative will forever be digging in your craw. Absolutely, like There's it's just not. It, it, yeah, they're too. haters. And again, I, I mean, look, BC. I want BC. Where you at, B? Am I in this camera, B? <laughs> like, please let this be false, bro. Like, I, please let it not be true. Please let them find out that this was just some some conspiracy because you're too good, man. You're really good at your job. Like you, he is really good. Like yeah. he builds teams. Like he, he built this, he built the Suns. Like he built the well, Toronto I think that's Raptors. What bothers like, them is that he didn't build. The but team. that should that's why be enough. So uh, but I mean, I, I hear you. I understand. You know I, mean? like, I, understand I think that. that's the root of all this is that he's like, hey, but your track record, it track record speaks for itself. Dude. Right. Like you don't need anybody to be validating your work. Letting all these trolls get in his head, which is so messed up when you think about it. But I, I get impacted on Twitter. Like I, I find myself getting sometimes I'm like Twitter sucks. Like you don't yeah. have that because you get so much negativity, you get so many, so much haters, and then you start researching. Like, all right, well that person that said you were a bleeping bleepity bleep. Like I yeah. go look at them, and they do that to every other person they tweet at. Like that's all they do that's is just mean. spit vitriol at people, and I let that person affect me. Like that drives me nuts. But that's kind of the basis of that what just it is. sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for Philly right now. Like uh, their trajectory as a franchise. You just inked. You just inked uh, Brett to a, yeah. a three-year extension. Like things are on the upswing there. You got a huge summer. Like this summer is the summer for for Sixers fans. Uh, that's just uh, it's so. We've actually been accused of having burner accounts. I know you're not on who's Twitter. Who's we? Both of us. Like really? Yeah, we've been accused oh. of it. So I'll you tell me if you think either one of these could possibly be one of our burner okay. accounts. All right. So this one is. At fashionable Bama fan, but Knowles are better. That's the handle. Uh, Danny Cannell looks better in a turtleneck than Tom Brady, Alex Rodriguez, and Bradley Cooper combined and smarter than Steve Jobs. That's a real tweet? Yeah, that's a real tweet. And, and it's suspected to be from you? Suspected to be me, but I would never put out something like that. All right, here's the one that's suspected. I, think, wait, yours? I love the best. But yours. turtleneck, I might... Right, you know? and then the dig smarter well, I think than it, I Jobs think too. Totally, I think it's totally legit right. account. I think that's a verified uh, from GQ. All right, how about this one? At Lakers blew a three-one lead. Go Canes! Oh wow, that it's... said Raja. Wait, 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 hold on. That's a real account. <laughs> I think so. That would so be this me one too. said Raja Bell's clothesline on Kobe Bryant shouldn't have been called a foul. He also was better and deserved more money than Jason Richardson. Thanks for nothing, Steve Kerr. <laughs> That's a pretty well. That one I think is you. 
too. Certainly not a foul on Kobe. All right, <laughs> that's right. definitely not a foul. No that's just clean ball. Um, yeah, but I don't know about better than Jason. Yeah, we'll have to have. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to reach out to Twitter and get to the bottom of whose uh, handles those were. Who the I, person was? I hate to do this, but yeah. you guys know those aren't real, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they weren't. Real. I was gonna say Although, somebody set me up good with. We get a lot of compliments on my turtlenecks. That's All right. I think Raja bought that. Into yeah, I, I think he did too. All right, real quick, before we get, uh, move on to some Move the Needle topics, the losers of the conference final. Yeah. Celtics and Rockets. I think this is a no-brainer question. Who has the brighter future? Yes. I think it's Celtics all day long. Yeah, it's the Celtics. I look at the Rockets, as great a year as they had, and as much as it hurt to have Chris Paul out, yep. I don't think James Harden will win a title as the alpha male on the team. Okay. I just look at him, when he and if he's going to be the MVP player – and he's going to – and it's hard to crush him because he played okay, but he definitely did not rise to the occasion when Chris Paul was out. They lost both games without him. Yep. I just don't – I don't think he's got that killer instinct. When I watch him play, I don't think he's got that, man, I am going to leave every ounce, every bit of everything on the court. And I think that's what you have to do if you want to be that champion with that squad. Yeah. Um, look, you know, some guys can have that. And it just doesn't look like it. Like, I had a buddy of mine who played with me at the Sixers. His name was Damone Brown. He played at Syracuse from Buffalo, New York. Really good player, super skilled, and really cared. But his affect when he played was really smooth, and Larry Brown hated it. And so he wound up not working with the Sixers. But it was purely because, like, Larry Brown couldn't see uh, that output that you're kind of talking about with James Harden. I believe that James Harden wants it very badly. I believe that, I believe that he will pour – everything he has into that. Here's the problem with James Harden. I don't think he's ever been taught what it actually kind of takes to get that. Like, he's pouring his offensive well, wares into it. I was just going to you know I mean? on you and yeah. say, I think he pours it in offensively. offensively. I think the the cool, like, laid-back vibe, I think that actually works really well for him on offense. Yeah. Kind of lull you to sleep, and then, bam, he gives you that move, and he drives right past right. you for a dunk. But I think on the defensive side of the court, that's where I want – I don't think he puts Dude. any energy into the defense and says, all right, I got to do what it takes to win on this side of the court too. And when I see that, I see shades of Carmelo Anthony. Like Carmelo yeah. Anthony never developed into that player, the, the all-around player. And I don't know if James Harden will ever hone his craft on the defensive side of the it's court. It's debatable. And I, but I watched this year, and he was better at times defensively. I mean, a real, real talk because I killed him last year. But he was better defensively, but there were still way too many possessions – in, in the playoffs where he was just going to allow someone to go by him, no resistance, and then take a smack from behind. Right. Like, that's not playoff defense. No. Dude, that is like the laziest defense. That's ridiculous. That was my move. If I was, like, like, that, I got, right. That guy's by me. That's Correct. Um, the bigger issue with Houston for, for me, though, right now is just going forward, right? You have free agents, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, Trevor Ariza, Luke Mbamute, and Gerald Green. Like, Chris Paul, they're probably going to pay Chris Paul, but – and I'm a Chris Paul fan. I think he's fantastic, but he's getting older. And he's, he's got some injury history there. And again, missing in, in game six and seven. Um, Clint Capella is going to be really pricey for a team that's probably going to want to add another, like, major cog in the wheel. So Clint Capella might be priced out of the situation. What do you do? Trevor Ariza is a little long in the tooth, too. Struggled in game seven. 
Um, like, what do you do with that? Ryan Anderson's got a terrible contract for two more years. You're not going to be able to move that. There are some issues going forward with that um, Houston roster that I don't think Boston has. Boston has free agents, um, Marcus Smart, like Greg Monroe and Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines and Greg Monroe, do whatever you want. I'd like to figure out the Marcus Smart deal, and then Terry Rozier will be up. It, but they've got enough young pieces where they'll be able to withstand whatever winds up happening with some and of those And they're going players. to get Kyrie back. They're going to get and Gordon Hayward back. So they're right. going to be, I think the upside, I think it's easy answer. It's the Celtics. And their competition is probably their biggest competition. When you look at it, it's the Sixers, Sixers. or LeBron. LeBron may not even be there. Yeah. I think they're in better. I think. What does your gut tell you? What, is, what is your, what is your gut tell you about LeBron? So my gut tells me that I should listen to Vegas. Vegas had him as a plus 110 favorite to go back to Cleveland. Okay. Like, and that's pretty like, that's pretty reasonable expectation. Yep. It flip flopped within 24 hours. They actually had the Sixers as the favorite now. Yeah. Like just 24 hours later. I think I think all I think a lot of it depends on what happens with Brian Colangelo. Like if they bring your boy David Griffin in there and Griff, hey, running where's it. Griff? Griff, right, yeah. <laughs> Griff, right? The kids are older now, Griff. No, <laughs> so, I think that dep- I think it depends on what happens with yeah. him. But I think if you're LeBron and as much as attractive as Houston would look, as attractive as the Lakers could look for him from a livable standpoint, yep. living in L.A., I think you want to stay in the Eastern Conference. I think you want to go to one of these younger teams, the Celtics, or the, and he's not going to go back with Kyrie. Now Kyrie's not having that. The Sixers make some sense when you look at it. Yeah, that's interesting. But I think he'll probably end up back in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It'll be fascinating. I mean, Kobe Altman's going to have a hell of a story. Kobe Altman's got a, you know, he's going to navigate through that draft. He's not going to know what LeBron's like. Right. That's going to be a really interesting test for a young GM. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we'll, uh, no doubt that'll be a topic discussion all offseason long for the NBA. All right, let's do some move the needle. All right, move the needle. I feel like we need a actual like graphic with a needle on it, like yeah. one of those things they have at the fan, you know, like, like a kind of amp meter. Yeah, yeah, or yeah exactly. Like, or like, see right. how much it moves. All right, how much does this move the needle for you? The Stanley Cup pregame theatrics. Dude, I loved it. You saw it. I loved it. Wasn't it incredible? It was I was loving fantastic. it. I actually called my wife in and like my daughters, and we rewound it and watched it again. Yeah. It was awesome. These dudes were going at it like Vegas doesn't mess around. Yeah. It was like Excalibur. Yeah. Like they were. Um, it started with Lil John outside. Dude. The crowd was going nuts. Then they take it inside. And they had a DJ bumping. Like they had everything. I've never been to a hockey game professionally. I went to a couple BU games. But I said to my boy, like I would fly out to Vegas to go to see a game. Yes. Like, I would go to see that type of game. Just to see that intro. The problem is, and it's why I love them, is I can't get any tickets on the secondary market they probably. The, well, they, this, this, this Stanley Cup Finals yeah. is a record for ticket sales. Like the highest price ticket was that game one. I think it was 1800 bucks for yeah. the average ticket price. So maybe just me, maybe not taking yeah. my boys. <laughs> just to see it. But I mean, they had the coolest like light show. Yeah. On ice no, I loved it. Like it was insane. And the game was dope too. Yeah, yeah, back and forth, lead changes. Yep. Uh, the Golden Knights go up. Uh, what were, what was my over under? 30 seconds? On what? On wh- what I'd watch for like Stanley Cup. Uh, you went over for sure. I said, oh yeah, I'm over yeah. it now if it was at 30. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right. How about this one? How much does this move the needle for you? LeBron, after he gets his team, pulls him, puts him on his back to the NBA finals. He's walking through the crowd. There's Dan Gilbert. They're walking by and he kind of just, him a little what's up like just a little there was yeah. no there was no bro hug there was no hot five there was hardly any interaction are we reading too much into this yeah it doesn't move the needle for me i'm i've i've seen that relationship firsthand i mean he's the owner 
LeBron plays in Cleveland. LeBron wants to be in Cleveland. But make no mistakes, there's no real like love there. That's right. not a love. Um, most of the day-to-day or most of the dealings with LeBron's camp go through one of the other partners, Nate, Nate Forbes, I believe his name is Nate, um, who's a really cool dude. He's got more of a personality, if you will, than Dan Gilbert. So it's not strange to me that he wouldn't have much to do with Dan anyway. Right. All right. Uh, I thought, I thought, cause you, you saw the other three guys, the other three cast players that were in line with him. They didn't exactly give him bear hugs. Like they, yeah, they acknowledge him. And I think theirs was almost like, Oh, I better say something. I want to keep my job. LeBron is secure enough where he can yeah. just be like, what's up? Like he didn't, right. he didn't have right. to go all out there. All right. How about this one? How much does this move the needle for you? Because everybody's talking about how LeBron has put this team on his back. So they've been getting a lot of comparison to the uh, 2001 76ers where Allen Iverson yeah. put that team on his back. No. <laughs> not even, no. Uh-uh. Not how it happened? Nah. No, I mean, Allen Iverson did put that team on his back. But, like, Allen played different than LeBron. Like, Chuck was, Chuck would get you the ball, like, really late in the shot clock sometimes. Like, LeBron, LeBron was seeking offensive help, if you will. And this isn't. I don't like Chuck was one of the best offensive players at that size that I've ever seen, but his mentality was to go get it himself. Like he felt and rightfully so at times that he was that good, that he had to get it done offensively. And the way that team was built aside from like Aaron McKee uh, that one year, there wasn't a whole lot of offensive help. We had George Lynch, like Matumbo wasn't like a, 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 a real good score down there on the block. And Eric Snow wasn't a great offensive point guard. So Aaron, so Chuck had to do it. But he wasn't like a willing early in the shot clock passer, if you will. Right. You know, LeBron is. Right. He just can't. He can't get like support for people making shots. So, although the result kind of is the same, I think I think that LeBron is way more willing in terms of of sharing the load offensively than Chuck was in in one All right, I got another one. Does Kobe Bryant's new book, The Mamba Mentality, move the needle for you at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it. The intro it's a, like if this was a, is this Jackson, the needle? There's a forward by Pau Gasol. It's going to be released October 23rd. He's going to talk about how he approached the process. Like, I, did you watch the Muse? Did you watch the the video, the documentary he did that won the Oscar? No. So you're not going to read the book if you didn't watch the documentary. I actually haven't seen it either. Yeah. Uh, Kobe, to me, man, he likes to feel himself, and I get it. Like, <laughs> but he does. Like, seriously, like. He, Kobe Bryant, and I get it. If you can do that, I think yeah. he wants to stay in the public limelight. He wants to be this entrepreneur. He's trying uh-huh. to carry over, so I can't hate on him that. But I am not buying the book. I'm not hating, but he doesn't move. And anybody who came up, he came up with his own nickname too, right? Uh, he the, came out with the black the mamba. mamba. Yeah. I think he probably yeah, yeah. he did mamba himself. So I can't, I can't, I can't support that. Uh. All right, NFL news. How much does this move in the deal for you? Brandon Marshall signs a one year deal with the Seahawks. Uh, only because I know Brandon, like it moves the needle for you know me. From but, down here, yeah, I know. Neighbors, uh, uh, we don't live far from each other, right? Um, but it does. I mean, I look giving giving Russell Wilson more help, bigger targets in the red zone for a guy who had to account for what? What did he count for offensively for Seattle last year? It was like eighty five percent of the offense. Yes, yes, like that helps Seattle. Uh, but he's been injured lately. Like production hasn't been hasn't been. Um, it's been in decline for the last few years, right? Right. Yeah. But I'm. I still think it's a good look for Russell Wilson in Seattle in terms of getting him people that can make plays. Hey, if you can get a veteran player who I think will be pretty good in that locker room, like I think he's a pretty good locker room presence right. for some players on that team, I, I like it. And you're getting him cheap. Yep. getting him on a one-year deal. There's a lot of incentives in there, so he's going to be hungry. He's going to play a little bit harder. I think, I, why not? You know, like yeah. I, I don't have any problem with this. All right, 
How about a little golf? The Memorial Tournament's back. Jack's tournament. I actually ran into Jack Nicholas. You were asking me about yeah. uh, the golf tournament I did a couple weeks back. Ran into Jack Nicholas. Great dude. We're boys. What's okay, up? Jack. I what think up? he's a fan of off the bench. Uh, I actually, the Memorial is one of my favorite tournaments to watch, but a lot of it has to be the Tigers there. He's won five times at Muirfield where they're playing. He's a 14 to one favorite. I wouldn't touch that. Right. But, <laughs> but every tournament the Tigers in makes it compelling. It's going to move the needle. Yeah. It's going to move the needle for me. Just it's tune up for, for, uh, US Open and, and, you know, Tiger's been off what, three weeks now? Yeah. Two, three weeks. Yep. I, he actually posted a picture. He was at Shinnecock the other day practicing for the US Open. Really? He goes there. Yeah. I love how they do that. Like in, those guys, like the golfers have it made. Like he flies his jet up there probably just for the day, gets so in 36 dumb. holes and then bounces off. So dumb. Do they like clear the course for him? Like, uh, like how does I don't that work? know. Probably if he does the course get any play right now leading up to the U.S. Open or is it shut down? Uh, I bet it's, I bet they have a little bit of play. Yeah. Like stuff like they'll let guys come practice. I bet there's some members. That members could out get out. There. Yeah. Right. But I bet they shut it down a couple weeks out. We are getting close. Yeah. No, we're two weeks no, out. No, it's probably, it's probably getting real close to where they shut it down for yeah. the members. Little, little move, movement of the needle yeah. with Tiger. No, I think it'll be a Thursday too when they actually uh tee off it'll it'll get out there all right how about the uh justin verlander hat tip so he goes in the yankee stadium yeah dominates the lineup gets the win he's been virtually unhittable this year he's seven and two he's got a 1.11 era smoke 98 strikeouts i actually loved it like usually typically the yankees get the curtain call if there's a player hits a home run yeah back up to the top step of the dugout tips his hat Verlander's getting the chorus of booze. Love it. He's exiting. He's like, what's up? Yeah, I love you know? that. I, I a little too. swag. Why, Why not? Verlander yeah. is like a sneaky, like funny guy. Yeah. And like he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Like when Robinson Cano was busted for PEDs. Right. He was like, oh, here comes the experience. He was out on Twitter. I told him yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I think it's great. Like I love it. I think he's great for baseball. So that one moves a little bit for me. I know yeah. early in the baseball season there's a lot of baseball left. But that Yankees-Astros uh, – you know, race, you know, and and we could see a rematch of what we saw last year to get to the World Series. Uh, I think it's going to be phenomenal. You know what I thought was interesting? Like when I looked at, I didn't know this about because I'm I haven't been into baseball like that. But the the rotation for the for the for the Astros, yeah, and then the stats that Debo put up comparing them to like the '95 Braves. That's kind of my wheelhouse with baseball, right? Like and like the, the Astros ERA one point six three versus two point six one for the Braves. Like uh, what is it? Um, uh, strikeout percentage. Like forty percent for this two thousand eight Astros team, twenty percent yeah. from like the Braves team. Like and that uh, Braves, those guys were the Glavin, Smoltz. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the other dude? Uh, Maddox. Maddox. Yeah. So that I mean, that's like you're talking about the gold standard of pitching there. That's pretty dope, though. That's no, absolutely. And the Yankees, I think, are going to have to add another pitcher to their rotation if they want to go toe to toe with the Astros in a seven game series. Right. All right, let's do some picks and props. Picks and props. Where. Debo, I think this is becoming his favorite segment because he is quickly taking a lead on mm. all of us as he is three and one. So, Debo, what do you got for us? What do you got for us, Debo? <laughs> Raja, you know the last time a team was 12-point underdogs in game one of the NBA Finals? No, Debo, tell me when that was. That would be 2001 <laughs> with your Philadelphia 76ers. And what and happened we in that game? that ass, bro. Oh, you remember. In overtime, yeah, OT. That, that little Left reverse layup. Yep. Um... Do the Cavs cover this one? 12-point yeah. underdogs Although game one Thursday night. I think there's a chance they could get game one. I do, but I don't really believe that. Like, I think that, I think that they could, but I think that Golden State is going to come out and pop them. Uh, 12 is a big number, though. Um, I'll, t- I'll take the Cavs to cover. I think it would be like 8 to 10. I think the Cavs get – I think the Cavs take an L. I think it would be 8 to 10. 
I think uh, I'm going to say the Warriors cover. Okay. I remember game six of the Western Conference Final when it was Chris Paul was not going to be there. They were a 12-point favorite. It was like, oh, my gosh, that's a huge number. They covered against the Rockets, who are a much better team than the Cavs. So I'm going to say the Warriors. But I think there's going to be a lot of public money on the Warriors as well, but I'm going to go ahead and hop on that train. All right, how about game two of the Stanley Cup final? The Knights have that one nothing lead after their 6-4 Monday night victory. Favorite again in this one with that home ice advantage. Minus 155. It's plus 135 to bet on the Caps. Value there? I think there is some value there. I think this game could have gone either way with all the goal scoring that was out there. Yeah. The Knights ended up winning 6-4. to four, But I think the Caps easily could steal one. I think this is going to be a tight series. I'll be rooting for the Golden Knights just because of the whole storylines, all the stuff we've talked about. But I would take the Caps on some value there just because I don't like the minus 155 for the Vegas Knights. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I thought the Caps, I mean, I'm not a, a, a hockey purist, but I thought the Caps had some chances. I don't, I don't yeah. think Vegas even played great. Um, in that game, I'll take the, I'll take the Caps. I thought the Caps had a chance to win Game One, so because we're keeping track, I got the Cavs and the Caps. We're going to get with Hannah in a second. The props, though, off-season training activities. You know, these guys come looking like they've been working out in the off-season. Definitely the case for Christian McCaffrey and Andrew Luck. The prop here: who can bench press more? So it's Christian McCaffrey minus thirty pounds. I said it at against the quarterback. Do we have any Luck. video of McCaffrey? What was he out there benching? What was he throwing up? Some no, he things? just looks yoked. Yeah, he is yoked. And he's a dude who gets after it. Shane McCaffrey is not even close. Think? He's got bad shoulder. Yeah. Andrew, you know what? If yeah. they were healthy, yeah. if they were both healthy, you're you're 100% right, though, because he he's not doing any nope. better. Like, he is limited. He's doing a lot of reps. <laughs> he's going to be doing, like, 135, <laughs> yeah. not even going all the way down. Right. So I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey might have been minus 50. Yeah, right, at this point. Move that uh, line up a little bit more. There was a picture that came out, and Luck looked huge. But the other one here, the other prop. So Demarius Randall made an ill-advised tweet, kind of a theme today along with Brian Colangelo. This one he said, he's a new Browns player, uh, but not a Cleveland basketball fan, actually a Warriors fan, said he would buy a jersey for everyone that retweeted the specific tweet if the Cavaliers win the finals. That's almost up to 700,000 retweets, which <laughs> if it was a $100 jersey would be $70 million he's on the hook for. Now the other part of this prop, Marcus Smart, a free agent this offseason. We talked about the Celtics' bright future. We don't know if Smart's going to be involved. He said he's worth way more than 12 to $14 million. So the prop, Demarius Randall, what he could be on the hook for, minus $50 million versus Marcus Smart's worth. You follow that? Yeah. 15, right? 15 is the number? I'll yeah. say... I'm going to say Marcus Smart is worth more and not from a I believe he's worth more, but what he's going to get. Yeah. I, I think the cap keeps going up. I think you see so many players that you look at them and you hear the number and you're like, how does that happen? And it's just there's a lot of money to be spread around the look, NBA. When Damari Carroll can make $60 million, like uh, – over four years, and then you got the dude Tyler Johnson down here. With yes. Team. Like, when those contracts are given out, like I'm not even going to begin to argue with Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's a player. Right. And he makes winning plays. And, no, he may not be, like, the best three-point shooter or, or the best at anything, but he gets a lot of stuff done. So I'll go with I'll go with Marcus Smart, too. All right. Let's keep it moving with uh, News in 90. But before Hannah – Hannah, before we get to the News in 90, uh, who do you like in the uh, Cavs-Warriors game? Is it awful that I want to go Cavs here? 
No. Oh, that's great. I think, I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. And when it comes oh. to NHL, by the way, I'm still mourning the loss of my Tampa Bay Lightning. And I don't really know what to do. I think I'm jumping on whatever Roger was doing. This is what I said on Friday. No, switch. <laughs> I'm going to switch. Switch with me because I'm going Golden Knights. Oh, you right. I'm going Golden Knights. I'm that's switching that. Yeah, doing. I'm going to fade Danny. All right. I'm going to fade him. I'm with you. I'm with you on All that right. one. All right, guys, let's get to your news in 90. Kevin Love remains in concussion protocol, and the status for Game 1 against the Warriors remains up in the air. Love suffered the concussion in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals and ended up missing Game 7. The Sixers team president has a Twitter problem. Brian Colangelo's social media has use has come under scrutiny after a report by TheRinger.com. According to the site, Colangelo operated multiple anonymous Twitter accounts in which he supported his work in Philly, but also took shots at stars Joel Embiid and Markel Fultz. Colangelo has denied having the accounts. Meanwhile, the Sixers made some news on the court. Head coach Brett Brown and the club agree on a three-year extension. Brown led Philly to its first playoff appearance since 2012. He had one year left on his current deal. The baseball gods have given the Mets the finger. Actually, two bad ones. Noah Syndergaard heads to the 10-day DL with a strained index finger on his pitching hand, while Steven Matz left last night's game with the Braves because of discomfort in his middle finger on his pitching hand. And Dodgers starting pitcher Kenta Maeda was pulled in the second inning of last night's loss to the Phillies. The reason was a right hip strain. Maeda has allowed two runs and three hits in one and two-third innings. That was your news at 90. Now back to Danny and Raja. Let's finish off strong with some topics. Debo, what do you got for us? Topics. Hannah, I've never seen her more excited for a topic that we've had. (laughs) Ben Simmons making his way around the celebrity dating life, Hollywood. He's just a rookie or, you know, whatever people want to call him. But he moved on from Tinashe because she was apparently pulling Kardashian-ish. So why not just move to a Kardashian or a Jenner? Ben Simmons reportedly dating Kendall Jenner. Uh, that's the that's the baby of the family. No. She the second she, one. She's the supermodel. No, that's not she's, the baby. That's the one. That's the model. That was the one. Who she's was the, the supermodel. Fashion show. Oh, yeah. she yeah. Okay, she's Wrong. tough. She's tough. Yeah, she's tough. Um, she's twenty two. I I hear uh, you, Ben. I don't. What, what do you say, Hannah? I don't know. Remind what, you, she just she just finished with Blake Griffin. Um, <laughs> and yeah. she dated Blake Griffin right before so? he got traded to Detroit. I'm just yeah. saying the curse. Is the curse the real? Curse. curse is real. The curse. Kendall Jenner might be worth the curse. curse. <laughs> she might be worth the risk that's involved with the curse. Uh, it must be great to be an NBA superstar. Like you're loaded, and now with the powers of social media, like you can meet people so much easier. If yeah. you don't, like you just got your agents hook you up, wherever that works. It must be nice. I hear you, Ben. She's tough though. Yeah, no, she's tough. strong for tough. sure. All right, what else? Uh, good analysis. Um, so it seems to be kind of a Sixers-centric episode today. Not my fault. They're just in the news. So Joel Embiid's been playing pickup basketball, first in the Bahamas, dunking on some short little white dudes. He's continuing the same thing on Philadelphia playgrounds. Threw the ball off this guy's face the other day, then windmill dunk. Some people have a problem with this, but it's it's fine, right? He's not going to get hurt. I have a problem with it because I think Joel Embiid is in it for the retweets. I think he loves the buzz. I think he still loves being in the topic of conversation. Right. The more these go viral, the more he's going to do it. Like, I think he's planning his day around which court he's going to go to and which video is going to oh, be. Oh, he's out. certainly planning his day yeah. around that. That That is – um, yeah, you're going to be playing pickup anyway, I guess. Right. You know, I don't care. I mean, he's outdoors well, on some rinky-dink rims. Like, I guess there's a chance. Like, you split your finger open. With or, old fat dudes in Bahamas. Like, I don't come down, land wrong one on him. He's just a media. He just a me. He loves this. He loves. Debo, the, was that you out there? 
<laughs> Didn't he hit the ball off someone's mm. face? I think that might have been Debo. Yeah, yeah, it might have been him. <laughs> I take it. Joel Embiid. Yeah, chill, bro. I would take it. He would. I would take it. Just to play with Joel, he would do it. All right, what else? Let's let's not exploit him like Brian Colangelo said. (laughs) Um, But the other night, you know, you get these guys that have been to the finals a couple straight years, and it's just ho-hum for them. Steph Curry making his fourth straight, KD making his third in his career. Nick Young making his first. He didn't want to talk to Ernie Johnson. He wanted to celebrate. He did that and then continued it on the team team plane back from Houston to Oakland, blasting Usher, your old friend, Raja. Um, What was kind of like the the mood when you guys won the Eastern Conference a couple years back? What's what's the celebration song? And is is Usher a good choice when he's a minority owner of the team? Yeah, I don't (laughs) – that's that crosses like party lines a little bit when you're right. playing. But uh when we won at home, Debo, so it was a little different. Like we didn't have a long plane ride back. So we all kind of went our separate ways and did whatever it was we were doing that night to celebrate. So um like I don't know what do you, he just was on a usher kick. Was there was it was it a troll job? Like was it, right, yeah. What was the impetus for the usher? It was just what he was feeling that night? What song I guess was so. it? They were, it was Burn. Um, Hannah, give me some other ones. Slow. Um, Love in this club. <laughs> yeah, that's a great call. I see that one. It's the first one that came to my head. That's a great yeah. call, though. <laughs> but Hannah, yeah, those, hey, those, up look, plane rides after, best. plane rides after big wins are, are just fantastic. Like, they're, they're, the best. Suffice like, to say, they're just a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you have Staying a with good your boys, time. like reliving some of the moments, yeah. talking about them, having a couple cocktails. But, so I think yes. they banned, like in the NBA, right? Like as we started to finish, as I started to finish up, they stopped letting you drink on the on the flights because they had guys going home a little tipsy. But but back when, man, we used to get it in. Like you bring your <laughs> bottle, or yeah, but see, like, you would still sneak on the bottle. When oh, no doubt, banned. no doubt, or your or your your case or whatever it right. was you were getting into. It was a good time. Oh, absolutely. Final topic here. So today, before the Memorial Tournament actually kicks off in Muirfield, Ohio, the Pro-Am matched or paired today. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning actually playing together for the third time in a Pro-Am. It would be cool. Would it be fun to play with those two? No. Ooh, I I think so. I, Peyton's got a good – I like Peyton on, like, Saturday Night Live and all that kind of stuff. He seems like he's got a decent sense of humor, right? I don't know, yeah, Tiger. I think it would be fun – if it wasn't in the pro-am like i think if you could get those dudes and play like out at the private club right and there's nobody watching yeah and there's maybe a caddy and you could just talk and they're awesome not worried job. about anybody hearing stuff right it would be phenomenal conversation yeah in this setting lockdown a little bit yeah i think it'd be a little bit polished everybody's like putting on their best fronts uh, like they have their image to protect mm-hmm. and all that but i think these two guys would actually have some fun i think they would both talk a lot of trash more than you would think right i think they'd be giving each other a hard time about getting old yeah like i all of it like i think they would just be ripping on each other if they were playing somewhere else somewhere and maybe else. they would do that to ham it up a little bit but i think you would get much better story time like yeah like there's no way if i'm out of the public order, eye. if i'm the the group that pays to play with this group yeah, you're pumped it's, you get to play with them, but I don't think you're getting the real Tiger and the right. real Peyton. Right. No, Tiger Anna, Woods would, would be it? the – he'd be the worst person to play with. I would never do it. I would never do it. Bro, two of, yes, two of Jupiter's now. finest on the, yeah, in the exactly. same foursome? Guys, we talked about this. I know. The real Jupiter's finest is not Tiger Woods. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it'll be fun to watch. And the Memorial this weekend, we'll see if Tiger can uh, get back in the swing of things and get back in that uh, win column. All right, that's a wrap for us uh, for today. We'll be back 
on Friday yep. when we get after it again. We'll do some more NBA Finals picks. We'll get those for the whole series. And uh, that's a wrap. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Canel and Bell. And as always, go to iTunes and subscribe, download, lead us that five-star review. In the review, ask a question. We will answer them every single five uh, Friday mm-hmm. with our five-star Q&A as I spit it out. <laughs> All right, have a good one.